to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. I said to my wife uh, last night, I said, what is a funny story about me that I can share just to kind of keep it light? And uh, we couldn't think of one. And then I began to sort of think, well, I sort of am the entertainment. Uh, it's not, you know, anything I say or tell you about, it's just sort of me. So, so uh, hopefully we can have some fun this morning and then we can dig into God's word and we can talk about uh, what I believe will be um, uh, a catalyst really for uh, a, a, um, a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what my prayer is today. Um, I do want to just not to take everything that Pastor Gabe said, which he did a great job, by the way. Can we give him a hand today? He, he did a wonderful job. Uh, the problem is when I get up to do something like that, I don't stay on point. Uh, and I, I say silly stuff. So he did great. That was awesome. So I don't want to steal his thunder, but I do want to just thank uh, our senior pastor, Pastor Krista Starr. If you're new to the church, you don't maybe know who we are yet. I, uh, I'm the worship pastor here and I appreciate him so much for trusting me with the opportunity to share the word. Um, we have a wonderful pastor. If you've been in church any length of time, one of the things, of the many things that I love about our pastor is he always comes to the pulpit with a fresh word. And you know that doesn't always happen everywhere you go. So he is always working hard and digging in and asking the Holy Spirit to guide him, and he always brings something fresh. So it is an honor that he would allow me to stand here and speak to you uh, today. So uh, I thank Pastor Chris. If you heard us talking about growth track, I would encourage you, if you haven't been through, even if you've been here maybe a number of years, after I speak today, this may encourage you to want to go through the growth track and begin to find your purpose and how you want to serve and how you want to use your gifts and talents and abilities for the Lord. So please make plans to attend the growth track if you're new here or if you just want to go through it and find out what it's all about. I also want to encourage you to make plans to attend the service next week. Um, next week, I'm going to be preaching in both services. And so today, I'm just preaching here today when Pastor Chris will be preaching in the second service. Next week, I'm gonna be preaching in both services and uh, I'll be speaking, uh, be, be bringing a message that I believe the Lord has given me uh, called Receive Your Miracle. And I'm gonna tell you about why next Sunday, October the 21st is a very special day, but you'll have to come to find out why. And I'm gonna share with you some personal stories from my life. And I believe every person I believe it with all my heart. Every person can receive a miracle in this place next week. Amen. I get emotional when I talk about the work of the Lord because I've dedicated my life to working for the Lord. And so I hope that you'll just catch my, my enthusiasm today. Next week, we're gonna look at what Jesus did while he was on the earth. We're gonna talk about the work he did on the cross and we're gonna talk about the work that he will do in your life as a result. So you don't wanna miss next week, please come expecting to receive as we talk about receive your miracle. Amen. All right. I want to turn to the book of Ephesians uh, chapter 2 and verse 10. Paul writes, for we are his workmanship. I want you to remember that word. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Remember the word good which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen? Amen. This morning, I want to share with you a very simple message that I have called available. Simply available. 
Are you available to be used by God? Imagine you were a hiring manager at a restaurant or a department store or some kind of a seasonal or an hourly job. Um, You would be responsible, among other things, for collecting applications and following up on leads of people that you could employ. Your job is to find the best employee for, for the job. And one of the things you would do if you were a hiring manager is you would say, what is your availability? right? Somebody's been a manager before. What is your availability? And so then the person would begin to say, uh, you know, I'm, you know, whatever, days, nights, I'm available 1 to 4 p.m. or whatever, you know, I don't know. But they would tell you your availability because you want to know the hours in which they are available. When I was in high school, I was heavily involved in school activities. Uh, I played the tuba in the band, which was a lot of fun. (laughs) Had a lot of fun doing that. I got so good about uh, at the tuba, <laughs> you know, whatever. I guess I was good. They uh, even wrote solos into the marching band um, show for me my senior year. And I, I guess that was the first time that they'd ever really had tuba solos. So it was kind of fun because I got to run up and, and play tuba solos, if you can imagine. But uh, I played the tuba. I was the president of student government. And I was the MC at all of the school assemblies and pep rallies. (laughs) Now, the funny thing about this is that I don't, I didn't then, and I do not now have a clue about sports. If you know me, I am completely oblivious. Uh, I don't really have a team. Now, I do kind of claim the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, That would be sort of my team if I had to claim a team, because I do like baseball. Uh, But inevitably, going to a baseball game means me walking around, kind of plotting out what I'm going to have to eat that day, and just... uh, (laughs) taking in all the, all the crowd and just enjoying people watching and that kind of thing. But I do have some Cincinnati Reds gear. But I, I didn't have a clue about sports then. I still don't really have a clue about sports today. But my best friend played five varsity sports our senior year of high school. And so we had this routine worked out. Whenever I had to say something specific about a sport during the course of the pep rally or the event or whatever, he'd grab the microphone and say whatever needed to be said about the sport And then he'd pass it back to me, and I would just continue to do all the funny stuff (laughs) and just kind of be the life of the party. So he had the technical side covered, but it was a lot of fun. But because I was so involved in school, when it was time to get a job, I had to be really careful about making sure I turned in my correct availability so I would not have uh, a work and school conflict. I worked at a restaurant in the Cincinnati area called Frisch's Big Boy, which I know some of you know about. Uh, But um, when I signed on to work there, I I agreed to work a certain number of hours, and we shook hands, and I uh, I showed up when I was supposed to show up. I entered into a relationship with this employer in which I agreed to work a certain number of hours, and they agreed to compensate me for the hours that I worked. Now, there were times when I would get a phone call from my manager and they would say something like this. So-and-so called out tonight. We're short-staffed. Is there any way you could pick up a shift tonight? And uh, how many of you know that's how it goes? You just have to call and make arrangements, do what you got to do. You know, I've managed a school of music before and the teacher's out or whatever, then you have to call and get the range makeups. That's just how it works. Uh, Is there a way you could pick up a shift? Sometimes I was available to go in. And sometimes I wasn't, but I always tried to make myself available 
whenever possible because I was appreciative for the opportunity to work there and to, to gain some income. So I want to draw a really simple, simple comparison to another relationship that many of us have entered into this morning. Many of us, most of us in this service, maybe all of us, I don't know, maybe all of us have entered into the most important relationship we could ever enter into in our lives. We have entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's the thing about a relationship with Jesus. There is nothing you have to do to enter into that relationship. All you have to do is confess your sins and believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You have to make that confession of faith and ask him to forgive you of your sins. But you don't have to pay any money. You don't have to sign anything. You don't have to sign a contract. You just agree to follow or to allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. And you begin to read your Bible and pray and tithe and fellowship with other believers. And you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ because of your confession of faith, right? Amen? <laughs> Amen. Even though you don't have to do anything per se, Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of yourselves, it is the gift of God, amen? You don't have to do anything per se, but the longer you're in this relationship, the more you desire to do something for God. So that is where Ephesians 2.10 comes in. For we are his workmanship. And in my Bible, there's a note. When the scripture says workmanship, it refers to a word in the ancient language, which means a design produced by an artisan. Wow. An artisan. An artisan, to me, when I think of an artisan, I think of like a master creator. I don't think of the, you know, when I think of a, like a, an artisan, somebody who makes like, like a guitar, I don't think of the guitar that you go buy at Walmart. I think of the guitar that you spend several months of income on and they took months and months and months to make it out of the finest wood. That's an artisan. That's somebody who really cares what they produce. And, and so that's what, kind, that's what we are. When we say we are his workmanship, it refers to a design produced by an artisan. God, our creator, designed us. And then it says, how fitting, Paul describes us as the workmanship of God uh, he is the creator of the universe, the divine artisan who formed us uniquely. Wow, we are unique, and he has formed us all individually. It says, created in Jesus Christ for good works. And I said, remember the word good. The ancient word for good here is agathos. That's how I'm gonna pronounce it. It refers to good in a physical and moral sense in a way that produces benefits. So we are his workmanship, we're his design, created in Christ Jesus for good works or for physical benefits, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That means he has a plan for us. I, I you know, that means he created us with a plan in mind, amen? <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful thing? You know, I can't stand here today and tell you that you have to work for God in order to keep your salvation. Now, I, I do believe, like Pastor Chris preaches, you can give back your salvation. You can walk away from the Lord. But I don't know that you have to do anything 
to stay in his good graces or something like that. I just don't think that's the way it works because, again, Ephesians says that it's by grace we are saved and that not of ourselves. It's nothing we could do. But I, I do believe that uh, when you fall in love with Jesus and you begin to serve him, that you begin to develop a desire for him to use you and, for, and to do things for his kingdom. God created you in an intentional, creative way. You are unique, and he has plans and desires for your life. So I want to ask you a question. Are you available for him to use you this morning? Are you open to that? Do you have availability in your life? First Peter chapter 4, I originally told them verse 10, and then, and then I began to really just kind of ponder verses 7 through 11. It says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here, Peter is instructing us to serve one another and to love one another and to do it all for the glory of God. Are you available for God to use you this morning? I really want you to think about that. Lord, am I available for, for you to use me? Have I created availability in my life for you to use me? How long has it been since you can say that you have been used by God? Think about that. How long has it been since you can honestly say you've been used by God? Have you ever been used by God? Have you ever, maybe you're a new believer or maybe you've believed and you're scared. Have you ever allowed yourself to be used by God? Have you ever created availability in your life for him to come in and do something great? Uh, if you are saved this morning, I believe God has great plans for you and there is a work for you to do that nobody else can do. I also believe if you're not saved and you came into this place like we talked about earlier and you haven't uh, entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, I believe that God has great plans for you as well. And there is a work for you to do that nobody else can do. And it will come to pass when and if you will yield yourself to him. God has a plan that he has prepared for you something he wants you to do, something unique that only you can do for him. So I began to think of reasons this morning why you may feel that you cannot work for God. Excuses you may have constructed in your mind. But I want to remove some obstacles for you this morning because I believe everybody can be used by God in this place. Maybe you think uh, you are too old to be used by God. I'm just too old to be used by God. May I say to you, you are not too old to be used by God. You are not too old to be used by God. 
Moses was 80 years old when he yielded himself to the call of God. 80 years old. Now, I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands how many of you are 80 years old. And I will say that I believe this wholeheartedly now that we've moved to South Carolina because I see some of the most spry 80-year-olds that you ever just wanna see. I mean, I believe Moses could have done all that he did 80 years old and beyond. But it doesn't matter how old you are, you can do something great for God. Moses answered the call back in the Old Testament and he led the children of Israel out of Egypt at 80 plus years old. You can do something great for God. It could be something that you don't even think about right now. You, you say, well, what could I do? Well, it could be something as simple as, you know, going to see Pastor Amy and you say, do you wanna rock babies in the nursery or something like that? When, when my family and I started attending church back when I was just a little boy, I had two younger brothers and my middle brother just didn't wanna stay in the church service. He didn't wanna to go to the, the service. He didn't wanna have anything to do with it. He was just, he was resistant. I mean, he was five. I mean, it wasn't like he was, you know, whatever, but he just, he didn't, he couldn't get in that thing. I loved it. I walked in like this, like I, I was coming home. I loved every minute of it. And, uh, and then my brother Mark was just too young to probably really understand what was going on. But there was an older lady in our church who noticed that my mom would struggle. And she noticed that it was so hard for her to kind of get control. You know, we were all new believers. And, and she went to my mom one Sunday night and she said, can I take Ricky out in the lobby and I'll, you know, we'll bring a book or I'll bring a toy or whatever. She said, I'll just hang out with him. And up into our teens, this lady stayed as a part of our life and would send birthday cards and that kind of thing. But it was because of her that my mom was able to really dig in and, and, and you know, be a part of what was going on at church. But she couldn't have done that had somebody not stood up and said, you know, I'm not too old to do something for God. I can help this lady, uh, you know, in the area that she needs help. God can use you. There's something for you to do. Uh, conversely, you're not too young to be used by God. You are not too young. I think of the story of David and Goliath in the Bible. If you don't know that story, uh, David was anointed by God. He was gonna become the king of Israel. And he comes out to face this giant this, that everybody else was scared of. And he was just a teenager. And he comes out and he says, okay, I'll do it. And, uh, and what was funny is, you know, Saul, the King Saul tried to put the armor on him and he was going to go face this giant like everybody else would have done it. And he basically says, and I'm paraphrasing, but you can read it for yourself. He basically says, no, I can't do it your way. I've got to do it my way. The way that I believe God's going to, you know, use me, the way God uses me. And so he goes out and he slays Goliath and it's just, it's awesome. I mean, it's incredible. And he was a teenager. So you can't say that you're too young to do something for God because God will use you no matter how old you are or no matter how young you are. But then I believe there's another uh, obstacle that kind of creeps into our mind that keeps us from being used by God. You haven't been too bad to be used by God. You have not been too bad to be used by God. Maybe you came to the Lord later in life or, or you were into, you know, something, whatever, before you came to the Lord and you think, you know what, I came to the Lord, I'm, I'm safe, I'm in, uh, you know, he's the Lord of my life, but I'm just gonna live this secret Christian life because I just, I'm too bad to do something for God. And that's just not true. 
I began to think about Samson. And Samson, you know, he was, if you go back to the Old Testament book of Judges, you say, well, why are you using all these Old Testament resources? I don't know. I like them. <laughs> I just like them. I just like them. And there, there's incredible stories in the Old Testament of people that were used by God, and that carries right on through the Old Testament. Um, <laughs> but Samson was used by God, and he was doing all these great things, and then he begins to get uh, involved with this lady and begins to do the one thing that God told him not to do, and he loses all of his abilities and all of his um, ability to work for God. And then he prays. If you'll go read the story of Samson, um, he prays and, and asks God to give him basically another chance. And God empowers him, the power of the Holy Spirit. And one last time, he goes out and he does something great for God. You haven't been too bad for God to use you. In the New Testament, we've been reading from Paul today in, in Ephesians. Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. Paul actually is the most prolific New Testament writer. He wrote, I think, what, two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul persecuted believers as a member of the Roman government. But later, after his conversion experience, that's when God began to use him to write the New Testament and to uh, provide the, the, the doctrines, many of the foundational doctrines that we believe today. Paul was a bad guy. He was the guy that you did not want to cross in the street, but God crossed him in the street and encountered him and he changed Paul's life. And Paul went on to do amazing things for God. And it didn't matter that he had this past where he did these bad things. He went on to do great things for God. You haven't been too bad to be used by God. And you know, another thing that I think comes into our mind when we're talking about being used by God, and I hope it's okay that I'm just sort of visiting with you like this. Um, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily preaching the fire down. I just have to be myself. And I have to be who God's called me to be. But um, the other thing that I, I believe that it stands in our way when we start talking about, okay, you know, serving God, doing something for God. You don't have to have a specific set of skills to be used by God. You don't have to have a specific set of skills. You don't have to have a certain college degree. You don't have to have anything. There's no prerequisite to being used by God. Peter, who we read in 1 Peter, Peter was a fisherman. He was a rough and tough kind of guy. He was impulsive, and we see that all throughout the Old Testament. He didn't have a degree from an Ivy League university. He lived a simple life on the water until Jesus called him to be a disciple. Peter didn't have the same skills as some of his contemporaries. Maybe they were more educated or they had a profession, and Peter was a fisherman. But he was faithful, and he never gave up on serving God. In fact, Despite his many obstacles and his many mistakes, it was upon Peter's confession of faith that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Peter went from being a fisherman to being a fisher of men. He was used mightily by God to establish the first century church. And he didn't have a theology degree. And he didn't have an appointment as a pastor of a church or, or work as a, you know, an elder or a deacon in a church. 
He was Peter, the fisherman. And God used him to do something great for the kingdom. I want to dispel another myth. And I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Because I, I, as I read this, as I looked at it this morning, I thought, okay, well, you could take this the wrong way. I do not mean this the wrong way. But I'm trying to break down presuppositions that we have to serving God. You don't have to be from a preacher's home to serve God. You don't have to be a preacher's kid. You don't have to be, you know, have a, a lot of preachers in your family or something like that to do something for God. One of the most successful evangelists ever, Billy Graham, was raised attending church each week, but he wasn't raised in a pastor's home. He was the son of a farmer. And one night, he attended a revival service in Charlotte, North Carolina, and accepted Jesus Christ as his personal savior. According to an article I read in Christianity Today, those who knew young Billy Graham say that his life totally, radically changed. He started being nicer to his siblings, <laughs> which I guess, according to the article, was pretty big. He started being more obedient to his parents and just showing the love of Christ. He had a, an unquenchable passion to share his experience with others and lead them, lead them into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. He was a first-generation minister. Think about that. And we could talk about many, many, many people that have gone on to do amazing things for God. And they've stepped into this work in the first generation. And that, that's me. That's me. I'm a first-generation minister. I, I've never, nobody ever uh, in my family was in ministry before. And, and in fact, some people just in my family, you know, in the extended family, probably didn't even think it was worthwhile. But I believe God is and is going to continue to use me and to use my wife, Lindsay, to do awesome things for him. And, uh, and we didn't grow up in, in a pastor's home or grow up in church even. So you don't have to be a preacher's kid. You don't even have to be raised in a Christian home to do a great work for God. It's true. You don't have to be raised in a Christian home. There are many people who do something great for God and they met Jesus Christ in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. You just never know. But it, you don't have to be raised in a Christian home to do something great for God. Now this example is a little funny, but it's, it's true. One of my favorite Christian speakers, <laughs> I, I hesitate to tell you this, is Joyce Meyer. <laughs> and that may seem a little funny, to you that I would like Joyce Meyer, but she is tough and she tells it like it is. But she's truly a fantastic speaker and Bible teacher. She's being used by God to minister to people struggling with fear and anxiety and depression. And she's reaching people all over the world with the gospel. But Joyce was not raised in a Christian home. And in fact, if you listen to her long enough, you can begin to piece together her story. She didn't even begin her ministry till she was well into her 30s or 40s. And now she has a worldwide ministry. But there's this interview. <laughs> this just cracks me up. There's this interview in which a lady is attending her conference. And she asks, how prepared should you be before you begin ministering? Even if you know there is a calling on your life. And Joyce kind of laughed. You know, she kind of did one of those like, ha, you know, she laughed. 
And she says, when I started teaching the Bible, she said when she started teaching the Bible in her living room, she was wearing short shorts and puffing cigarettes and blowing smoke in people's face (laughs) while she was teaching. Now, please hear me, especially if you're thinking, okay, this guy is crazy and I don't know who this Joyce lady is, but she sounds nuts. Um, This is a big disclaimer here, and she even says it in the video. I am not suggesting that everybody is qualified just to start teaching and start, you know, um, you know, teaching the Bible and that kind of thing. But that's where she was at that point. That was in her understanding of the gospel. She had accepted Jesus Christ and, and, and she began to walk with the Holy Spirit. And, and in her life at that point, that's where she was. And she even makes the point in the video, you know, she started with maybe five people. It wasn't like she was, uh, you know, going to go out and, and really mess something up for God. I mean, he was just beginning to teach her. And obviously she laid those things down and became uh, a major, began to do a major work for God. You need to get plugged into a church like High Praises, okay? You, you need to learn and grow. Uh, and I think she would agree. <clears throat> but the point is, excuse me, ooh, she didn't know any better at the time. Then as she began to mature in the Lord, doors opened, and now God has given her a worldwide influence to share the gospel. But we all have to start somewhere. And we can all do something great for God. You know, I, I wrote in here to just, just to talk about my upbringing a little bit, and I don't want to share too much because next week I'm going to share a little bit more about myself, and I'm going to hopefully um, encourage you, and I believe God's going to do some miracles here next week. But, um, you know, I was brought up in a way that would, would surprise a lot of people because I, I'm a, uh, a stuffer, and I don't really talk about myself very much, um, and I, I don't know why. I mean, I just feel like everybody else is more interesting, so I'll just let them talk. But um, I was raised in the north. I don't know what you call them here. We call them, I was raised in a trailer park. And um, we lived next to drug dealers. And my mom said that that was probably better because she said, if you don't rat on a drug dealer, <laughs> they're just, they don't want to get found out. So they're, they're going to take care of you too. So they'll just, you know, whatever. Anyway, I don't know if that's necessarily sage advice. <laughs> but... Uh, You'll find out a little bit more about her background next week and th- some things I'm going to share. But, but it was funny nonetheless. Thinking back on it now, it, it kind of is like almost a little mortifying. But back then, we didn't think anything of it. We didn't think anything of it. But God began to do a work in our life and in our family. And he moved us um, as we, we all, you know, found the Lord and we began to mature in the, in, in the Lord. And then, it, you know, we began to get plugged into the church and we began to do a work for him. There was actually a point in my teen years when my, myself, my mom, and my brothers all played in the church orchestra. And uh, so God began to use us despite where, we, where he found us. He began to use us. So here's the bottom line this morning. I, I've kind of gone longer than I wanted to, but I, I'm kind of glad too in the same sense because you kind of start this stuff and then you think, okay, well, I'm going to finish really quick and then we're going to have a problem. So uh, so we're not going to have a problem. We're actually going to have a reverse problem this morning. We're kind of running a little, but I'm just kidding. But, um, uh, but here's the bottom line, okay? If you're a bottom line kind of person, uh, one of my favorite pastors, Robert Morris, says there's two kinds of people. There's bottom line people and people who aren't bottom line people. And if, he said, if you don't know you're a bottom line person, then you aren't. Anyway, uh, I'm not a bottom line person. <laughs> I'm a beat around the bush person. 
But, uh, but I'm going to get to the bottom line this morning. Here's what I want to ask you to do today. I want you to earnestly pray, Lord, use me to serve. Use me to serve. You can serve in church. We have needs here at this church, where, places where you can serve. You could go talk to Pastor Amy and find out how to get involved in the kids' ministry, and I'm sure she would love to speak with you. You could get involved in the youth ministry and go talk to Pastor Evan, and he would probably have a place for you. You can get involved in the music ministry and serve and, and sing or play an instrument or learn to play an instrument or work in the media. Um, we're going to be doing some things in the media, and we're going to need workers. You can get involved right here at High Praises, shaking hands, greeting people at the door. Maybe you'll start a ministry. Uh, uh, another minister that I just, that, that sort of was a mentor to me, you know, by uh, a mentor to me over the years, used to say, the miracle is in the house. We have everything we need right here at High Praises. Somebody here, you may be hiding today, but somebody here has a heart to reach out to the community. Start a ministry. Now, how do you do that? Let me give you the boundary. You come talk to Pastor Chris. But that's a good thing. You come and say, Pastor, here's what the Lord's doing in my heart. You know, don't just go off and start making graphics and advertising your ministry or whatever, standing out passing flyers. Go talk to Pastor Chris and tell him what the Lord's birthing in your heart. But we have people here, right here. I, Rob Stroop started a singles ministry. Jaron and Barry, Mary Beth Sestar, they moved to Anderson and they felt called to relaunch the young adult ministry. And now look what's happened. God may speak to you and give you a dream or an idea for a ministry. Maybe God wants you to minister in the inner city or take a trip with our missions team. Talk to us. Let us know what you feel like God is calling you to do. It could be that our most successful, life-changing ministry has not even been launched yet. Amen? Wouldn't that be awesome? That, that person that's going to launch that ministry could be hiding right here among us today. But you got to step out. So ask the Lord, use me, Lord. Use me to serve. Use me as a, second one would be, use me as a witness. Oh, they've got those on the deal there. That's pretty nice. Use me as a witness. Witness to your friends. Tell them about Jesus. Talk to your coworkers about Jesus. Talk to your neighbors about him. Talk to people in the community. Uh, she's not here today. She comes to the second service, I think. But Lindsay and I took Joanne Boone, who's our senior director. Uh, if you don't know this, my wife Lindsay and I serve as the liaisons to the senior adult ministry. We have a blast doing it. So if you've never been to one of our senior adult meetings, come on, check it out. Even if you're not a senior adult, why not? Sign up for the meeting. Come on out and check it out. We have a good time. But we took our director of the senior adult ministry, Joanne Boone, we took her out to eat one day and we were talking about plans for the ministry. And before we prayed for the meal, she looked at the server and she said, she asked the server if there was anything we could pray about with her in her life. Now, I'm not suggesting everybody does it that way because Joanne just had a really cool way of doing it that fit her personality that didn't seem unnatural. And it's a blessing when she does it. Some other people that might seem a little weird. And then they're going to go back and say, oh, the creepy guy over there at table 10. Man, maybe that's not the way that God's going to use you. But my point is, be open. 
to however it is that God wants to use you, talk to people in the community about Jesus Christ. And finally, ask God for opportunities to do something great for him. Ask God for opportunities to do something great for him. I was at a conference in Phoenix one time and I had just prayed that God would give me opportunities to, to be a blessing to others. I got up early one morning and decided I would walk around and explore the area where the hotel was located. I love to do that on trips. I love to get up and just like early in the morning, which I don't do this here, so I don't know why, but I just am fascinated with new places and just walk around and just see the neighborhoods and what do their sidewalks look like and so on and so forth. You get the point. Uh, so I'm walking, and as I was walking, I was praying to God to give me opportunities to share the gospel, to be a blessing, and to serve others. I was on the side, or I was um, almost back to the hotel, and I walked right by this older lady on a motorcycle. Now I know that's kind of a funny image, but I, it, I promise, it was an older lady, you know, with a motorcycle. So uh, you know, she was stopped on the side of the road. I had headphones in, so I didn't say anything to her, but I knew. Um, in my mind that she needed help. But I got about 20 feet past her and I sensed the Holy Spirit reminding me that I have been asking for opportunities to be a blessing. Yet I had just passed by this lady without so much as a hello, how are you? So I turned around and walked back and said, ma'am, please don't think I'm crazy, but I just felt impressed to come back and check on you. Is there anything I can help you with? And she went on to tell me that she had been stranded there on the side of the road for quite a while and nobody had offered to help her. The motorcycle was too heavy for her to push to the gas station up the street, so she, and she didn't have a cell phone. So I offered to push the motorcycle. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it's just, I was pushing a motorcycle on a random morning in Phoenix, Arizona. I offered to push the motorcycle up the street so she, could put, uh, so she could park at a gas station and make a phone call. And she was so relieved. I was embarrassed that I had been asking for an opportunity just like this, but I had nearly passed it up. But in the end, I got to tell her that the Lord put her on my heart and I just had to come back and check on her. You see, not only should we ask God to give us opportunities, but then we need to follow through. So that's what I have for you this morning. Can we stand together? And as we begin to close this service, I just wanna remind you, Pray, you don't, you can do something great for God. You can do it. You're not too old. You're not too young. You haven't done something too bad. Uh, you, whatever else we talked about, you can do something great for God. I believe it with all my heart that every person in this room is God's workmanship. And he has created you to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for you to do. So let's pray this morning. God, use me. Use me to serve. Use me as a witness and ask God for opportunities to do something great for him. I wanna call on two groups of people this morning. If we could bow our heads and close our eyes, this is the way I feel led to do it. This morning, if you're not saved, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you say, Pastor Billy, I want to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I wanna ask him to forgive me of my sins. I want to confess that he is the Lord and Savior of my life. Would you just put up your hand right now this morning? 
Nobody's looking but me, but I just want to make sure we have this covered because if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, here's an opportunity for you to say, you know what, I want to believe in Jesus Christ. Is that anybody's heart this morning? Can you just raise your hand if you want to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning? Okay. If for some reason you, you don't feel like you can raise your hand, we have that Connect card. We're gonna have people here at the altar. I'm gonna be here if you need to come talk to us personally. That's fine. But I, I trust that means that everybody's made a commitment to Jesus Christ. So here's the other thing that I wanna ask. And I'm just gonna ask you this morning to boldly raise your hand and proclaim it. If you are saved, do you wanna work for God this morning? Would you put up your hand and say, Lord, use me? If that's you, Lord, use me. I wanna do something great for you. Just lift your hand and just begin to say, God, use me to serve. Use me as a witness. And ask him to provide opportunities to do things for him. Okay, amen. If there's anything you need this morning, I'm gonna try to finish the service like I know our pastor would do. If that's you and you wanna be used of God, I'm gonna ask the elders, uh, any elders, deacons that we have, prayer partners to come here in the front. And... Um, I'm gonna ask that if you wanna be used of God, if you wanna be saved, if you have a need, please don't ever leave the house of the Lord with a need that we don't pray about with you. Come on down and let us pray for you this morning. We wanna agree with you. That's what this is about. We just wanna agree with you. We're gonna ask the praise team to sing right now and just ask you to come. Let us agree with you this morning. If there's anybody, you can come for anything today. Let's sing this chorus, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.